You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Wow, I don't even know what to say and I don't even know where to start today. Uh, it is just absolutely crazy. And this is the first time I was, as I was saying before we started here, this is the first time that I've actually been able to find myself in a position where I'm overwhelmed by everything that's going on. I, I really don't have any words. I, uh, I was talking to uh, a couple of you today and I was telling you what I was doing this afternoon. I decided I was going to take a trip to the next town over and the town next to that. And I thought, all right, well, I know where a couple of hospitals are here and there. Yeah, I'll go check those because those are bigger towns. I mean, there's a town here that I live in of 15,000 people, two hospitals here, completely empty. All right, well, I'll go to a town of 30,000 people and let's take a look there. Completely empty. All the hospital, uh, what is it? All the hospital waiting rooms, emergency areas, ghost towns. Uh, all the doctor's offices, private practices between here and there, nothing. I mean, I must have passed maybe a dozen of them today, nothing. Uh, and we're being told today, just a few hours ago, that the country is now going to enter a hard lockdown. I mean, hard lockdown. Nothing is going to be open. And you're not going to be able to move. As in, you're not going to be able to travel to the next town. There's going to be checkpoints set up everywhere. Now, this is all being done in the name of protecting against the UK variant that is said to be more contagious, but but uh, not more deadly. Uh, that's that's all being done in the name of that. Uh, you know what, gentlemen, I, I am so sick of this. I, I'm, I'm tired of this. And these people, as I said, they're in their bunkers. They're in their bunkers. This is uh, this is it for them. What's happening in D.C. right now is you've got 30,000 troops on the streets of D.C. They have shut down everything. We've got more troops deployed in D.C. right now than we have in Afghanistan at the moment. That That is just... <laughs> That's unbelievable. And no one knows who they're working for. You've got over 350 military aircraft that are in the air right now. You've got carrier strike groups off each coast. And you've got European governments that have barricaded themselves into their parliaments because of what? What, what on earth? If you're so legitimate, then why are you doing all this? And it's it's just, it, it's laughable. It is absolutely laughable at this point. But they, they don't care. They're, they're going for it. But uh, today is going to be an interesting day. And I'm sorry to be rambling already. But uh, today's going to be an interesting day. We're going to go around the room here. Uh, we've got a couple of talking points to uh, to get to, but we're just going to kind of shoot from the hip here and see how it goes. Of course, Marty, you're with us tonight. How you doing? Uh, reasonable. Thank you very much for asking and yourself. F fantastic. Thank you very much. Bruce, welcome back. How was your carpet? Oh, loving the carpet. Healthy alive uh, as well. So yeah, doing well. Mike, you're back with us. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. How are you? I'm okay. Like you, fed up. Just yeah. It's the same old, same old, and it's just getting worse and worse, day by day, minute by minute some days. Indeed. And we have a very special guest joining us this evening, a friend of yours, Marty, from uh, way back when, uh, I yeah, believe, I believe, you two, yeah, I believe you two know each other. Yeah. Gavin, thanks for coming on this evening. How are you? Oh, no, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah, very much the same as, as how you've all voiced, really, exasperated, confused, irritated, desperate for other people. And it seems almost like the majority in the UK to wake up and understand what is going on under their noses. But um, all they want to do is just repeat what they're being told in parrot fashion, it seems, unfortunately. Gav, seen my anti-lazy meme campaign on the <laughs> Book of Faces, 
And I've still only lost one friend, despite the fact that I asked all those that keep posting these lazy, inane, mm. boot-licking, sheep-like memes yeah. to delete me. Only one has. But, you know, there's, there's time yet. The one, the one really that angered me the most in the UK was a picture of Boris Johnson and, and a picture of people who were protesting lockdown saying, it's not this man's fault, it's these people's fault. And that just boiled my blood. And just if I see that from any person, I, I just want them out of my life, to be honest, if and that's I how think, they actually feel. Yeah, I think that was the one that I commented back on to the individual mm. that has deleted me and just pointed out, the error of his ways and then when i put my plea up to get rid of people i think he got the message let's go around and, and i'm sorry marty i didn't mean to delete you on facebook like that i, I apologize <laughs> you, you're too slow man i deleted you months ago <laughs> and now it's all in good fun let's uh let's start with you gavin let's start with uh what you do uh let's let's get into your profession and, and what brought you here to us uh, this evening i have a company which i work under but i basically do contract work anything and everything that will come my way basically i've worked um in creating content for uh, the leisure industry the cruise ship industry like uh, game shows quizzes trivia as you you guys would call them in the us i've worked in uh, virtual that's, reality gaming that's actually, sorry that's actually no that's actually good i was just going to say we'll, we'll talk offline after that because oh okay <laughs> uh, we, me, me and marty have been cooking up something on the side maybe you can give us a hand with it but yeah go on oh cool yeah, I'd love to. I've worked in virtual reality, mainly in a sort of a narrative capacity, creating stories and scripts. And also I'm very keen voiceover artist as well. So I've been doing work like that. And I've also got a comic book business as well, which has run from a bricks and mortar store. But unfortunately, I've had to close that, of course. And I've moved a lot of stuff online. And at the moment, I'm painstakingly listing you know, things at a value of about $5 each or £5 each uh, that make me a profit of about a pound, £1.50, $2, um, over and over and over again to create some kind of income for myself, really. So it's um, it, it's been difficult. But uh, of course, I appreciate that I'm in nowhere near as much trouble as uh, as a lot of other people. Um, but I'm, I met Marty uh, about 15 years ago, working on amateur dramatic stuff. I'd, I'd, were you in that panto that I was in the last thing I did? Yes, Marty? yes, I, yeah. I do remember that panto. Uh, yeah. It's not amateur dramatics, darling. We were, Some of us are semi-pro. Like well, yourself. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't <laughs> underplay it so much. Yeah, but um, yeah. And um, it, I just remember a wonderful experience, a really amazing group of people. Um, and I just mi I miss times like that. You know, I was saying to some friends recently what I would literally give for any kind of holiday and to go back and realize how lucky I was walk into any bar sit and have a drink talk to a, a beautiful lady or a handsome man whatever whichever you prefer you know I just I don't know I can't really express my exasperation and and sheer anger for what we're having to go through and um i've been repeating the same phrase over and over again over the past few months and however harsh this might sound and apologies to those people listening who might find this a bit black and white but in ethics in theology economics when you study things like that you're always told from the off that the needs of the many prevail over the needs of the few and unfortunately we are do are living in a society now where the minority are given everything that they want, and um, the majority have to suffer. And unfortunately, it would appear that that we that everybody is having their freedom, lives, businesses taken away to appease and to protect 
a very small group of people. And that is something that I, I honestly, I cannot, I struggle with, I basically struggle with at the moment. The apologies for, for that sounding very black and white and perhaps a little unkind, but that's how I feel at the moment. Uh, well, no, that's, as a matter of fact, I think you're being very polite considering how I behave on here most days. So um, <laughs> I, I think you're... I think you're doing pretty well. But no, that's that's a good point right there. And Mike, I want to bring you in on that because of what he mentioned there about how we're being told that it's our fault and we're endangering everyone else. And you particularly, mm -hmm. you work with immunocompromised people. Your customers are immunocompromised. From your standpoint, as you're looking at all this, as you were laying it out the other day when when uh, Gavin here wasn't on, talk to me about it from your standpoint, uh, what you're dealing oh. with with uh, with your customers. Like I've discussed in the past, it was... 50% of them are, are, they believe everything that they see on television and live in a, a heightened state of fear. And I try to talk them through the process of how I do things in their home to, to explain to them the process and what I can and can't do. And really, I've been blunt with them as well, because this has just been, I've been beside myself since the beginning. But here's the truth. I mean, if this was a pandemic at the scale that they are portraying it to be, uh, all of my customers would be dead. Yeah, they just would be. And I'd be out of work. That's just common sense. Yeah. And uh, we we did great this year. Uh, we're not chasing any ghosts. We don't offer any COVID anything. And But we've got another vehicle this year. Uh, and that was all earned by me and Jason's hard work, helping our customers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and I think you pointed out perfectly there that one of the main words in this whole thing is is fear. And very famous author said that fear is the worst human emotion and the worst of that type of fear is the fear of the unknown and that really is mm. is what we're dealing with and like you exactly as you said about how almost people are being blackmailed you know oh if you see your family you could kill your grandmother if you go to mcdonald's you may be responsible for somebody else's death it's ridiculous everybody is responsible for their own safety and you cannot place the blame on the populace or or random people for the death of a loved one it is absolutely ridiculous and you know i'm mainly sick to death with is is this the use of the word selfish or oh, yourself you're selfish if you go out you're selfish if you don't follow the rules you're selfish i'd like to flip that the other way and say are the people who are expecting people to give up their their freedom their businesses their lives uh, once again, as I said before, to to protect a small amount of people, are those people not selfish, really expecting everybody to put their lives on hold, to accept poverty, to protect their family from income? Are those people actually the selfish ones? Yes, they are, because they are expecting the entire world, if you like, apart from perhaps the super rich, to change their lives or loot or give away their lives for the sake of a, a very small amount of people. And in fact, we've seen uh, many, many official figures that show the survival rate of, of the virus is, is ridiculously high. And even that's even if you believe the official figures, of course, there is always a worry that people are having COVID put on their death certificate when that isn't even a cause of death or even a main cause of death. It's just that they have had a positive test within 28 days. And, um, you know, hearing things like this just... It scares me a lot. The thing is, the the choice uh, of whether to be selfish or not is, as you say, it's the other way round. But it's not a binary choice. The people who are immunocompromised can shield, yeah. can still protect themselves, can go into their bubble and stay safe from this virus with a 99.73 survival rate. But they can still do that. That means that people can 
or should be allowed to live their lives. Mm. And those that are immunocompromised should shield. So it's not a binary choice. It's not life or death. It's carry on living and you guys will have to stay safe until you've been vaccinated. And and that's what they should be saying. Mm. uh, But that's not what they're saying, is it? They're saying that if you go out, if you go against these, these restrictions, you are tantamount to a murderer. Yeah. And, th- and this, this is, is what I can't... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, this is the first time in, in human history we've ever quarantined the healthy. Mm, exactly. I yeah. mean, the, the whole thing with, with herd immunity is, and, I, and I'm, I'm sorry to jump in here, but the, the whole thing with herd immunity is, is that you do isolate those immunocompromised people and they can go in there and they can shield themselves. And they should. They should. I understand that. I understand that. But the rest of us... The ones that are healthy, we need to be out there getting the herd immunity to protect Mm. everyone else so that it does weaken, so that it does weaken. They're taking away everything. They're taking away your right to travel. They're taking away your right to visit your family. They're taking away your identity with masks. They're taking away your ability to uh, to communicate and interact with other people. They're taking away your your gyms. Right. The whole point of beating a virus, you dumbasses in office, is to remain healthy. That's the whole point. They want you in your house. They want you sick. They want you poor. They want you stupid and dependent on them. That's all they want. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in on you. No, not at all. I, I was going to say, do, did have we not for years encouraged our children to play in the dirt, to, to build a healthy immune system for them? And, you know, we should really, we should be welcoming these new variants, really, because the more variants we get, the weaker the virus will get anyway. And the more immunity that we will we will have to it. Again, it's, it's the blame game, you know. So, oh, Every and I put a, a post on Facebook recently. I don't know if Marty saw it, but I basically attributed every month since this was all announced in February, March. In the UK, they have blamed a group of people every single month or an industry every single month. So one month it was the pubs. Oh, we must close the pubs. One month it was the care homes. Uh, in fact, that was two, two or three months. It's the care homes' fault that we're in this situation. Now in the UK, we've got all those people who go shopping without a mask. So that now it's their fault. So who's next? What, what's going to be next? All those people who are in a support bubble, is it their fault? All of those people who have been, uh, you know, caring for a loved one or going on for exercise, is it their fault next month? And this is the problem. It's the blame game. So like the same sort of thing that Germany are playing. Well, it's the UK variant that we're hiding from now. And then the UK is saying, oh, well, there's a South African variant on the way. So we're going to have to hide from that one soon as well. Oh, well, it may mean that we're going to have to lock down every winter now. We don't know. know, And they're putting these little nuggets into the out there to, for people to start to accept that this is going to come the new normal. Well, I'm sorry, but I refuse I refuse to concede to the new normal. My normal is normal and I I'm not I, I won't be doing anything to do with your new normal, I'm afraid and you do not have the right to tell me to not see my family, my parents, my friends. If I want to see them, I'll see them and none of them have died yet and I've seen I've seen them a couple of times. They they didn't die. You know, if it if if it's so deadly, and I said, I think I said this to you before, Johnny. What? Where are all the bodies in the street? Where are all the people falling down dead in the middle of the street? There aren't. They, there aren't. It's that simple. But people are only believing what they're reading, seeing on Facebook, and seeing on television. And I posted something about the CDC yeah. in the UK saying that flu has almost been eradicated because people are social distancing and wearing masks. Um, but no, uh, the reason we're in this problem with covid is because people aren't wearing masks and they're not social distancing well 
So I posted that on Facebook. Immediately, it was flagged by independent people saying this was false information. Well, it wasn't because I I research everything that I look at, and there were several sources saying exactly the same thing. So um, no, uh, I'm sorry, it's not independent fact checking at all. It's what Facebook or whoever want to put out there for people to read. Sorry, I'm I'm having having a bit of a ramble and a rant now. That's fine. We all do that. It's fine. I mean, you've been been absolutely decimated in all this. If you weren't ranting, I'd be concerned. Mm, Yeah. I'd like like to share something with you guys, an actual experience that I had this week with a a young lady who uh, was part of a, a, she's part of the maintenance team at a complex of buildings that I was uh, doing some work at. And I had to do some uh, controlled cuts into sheetrock. And so we had to use proper tools to do that. And I was kind of explaining to her, she wasn't really, we had to wear the mask inside. It was a a retirement community, a higher end retirement community. And when we were outside, you know, I, I had an opportunity to talk to her about this. I said, you know, showing her my equipment, explaining the same process of the 99.97 HEPA filter and what we can and can't capture. And um, she goes, you know, and this is, and I felt really bad for her because this is what they're focusing on. All they see is the the, the news, right? And it's not the correct. It, it's just that one-sided crap. And she goes, she isolated herself for like two months at the beginning of COVID, wore a mask every every day, uh, gloves, cleaned herself, did, did all that. And she still got COVID. She still got sick. And I said, see, I said, none of this is going to stop normal ecology. I mean, if this stuff is going to go flying around, it's going to go flying around. You can't stop it. And that's why herd immunity is a big thing. Like, Anyways, so it was nice to see her kind of open her eyes and be like, get a different perspective. And I appreciated that. So it was nice. Uh, quick show of hands. Quick show of hands. And I'll let you go, Marty. Quick, quick show of hands. How- stop a fire. You cannot stop a fire. Sorry. No, I, I was, I was, yeah, everybody wants to talk. Quick show of hands. Before we go any further, sorry, here sorry. with the exception of Bruce, which I, I you are I already know you've had it. A quick show of hand, how many of you have had the chicken pox? I've had chicken pox. Okay, everyone's had the chicken pox. Now, do, does everybody know why we got the chicken pox? Because we were exposed we used to go to parties. Exactly. For that yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Chicken pox parties. Exactly. So we were exposed to other people by our parents at a younger age who had it. Someone has it. Oh, yeah. Come on over. Yeah. Come on over. We'll, <laughs> we'll invite you over because our kids haven't had it and we really need them to get it because if you get it later in life, it's worse. So you want to get it out of the way. In the beginning, of course, you develop, you know, it's possible you could develop a uh, resurgence of that later because it never actually leaves your system and we could all get shingles later on down the line uh, and it yeah. causes more damage. But if you get the chicken pox at a later age, it could almost kill you. I mean, I know some people that have uh, gotten it at like around 45, 50 years old and they've had to be hospitalized because of it. So yeah. it's better to get it at a young age. <clears throat> And it's the same with this. If you're healthy, young and healthy, it's better to get this thing now and get it over with and, and move on. I mean, we, we don't have time for this. So Sorry, I, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Marty. Mumps. Mumps as well. Mm. I know someone quite close to me that got mumps as an adult because uh, they'd never had it as a child, lost a testicle as a result. So, yeah. <laughs> Only <laughs> yeah. from you, Marty. I, I kid you not. Um, <laughs> something you don't want. Yeah. No. Still went on to father at least one more child after that. Anyway. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I would listen to John Van Tam, Professor John Van Tam, who I think is deputy of the National Medical Council. And he was on the LBC show and he was answering questions on the vaccine. And these questions, uh, they, obviously, they were screened. There were no questions about the content. 
of the vaccines. There was no questions about how short a space of time, instead of seven years, how these vaccines have all been you know, achieved in one year. But he was talking about the, the new variant. And, and one question was, well, if this new variant is more uh, transmittable, perhaps we should um, be looking at three metres apart and you know wearing masks permanently outside and all these kind of things. And what he said, and because he's a professional, I can only assume he's correct, is that the new variant, whilst the transmission distance, because you're looking at the exhaled miasma uh, from a cough, for instance, wouldn't increase unless you were coughing particularly hard, but the load within a particle of spit, for instance, of virus is possibly higher. But he also said during these questions, and and that was this was a point that really irritated me, that he was assuming people who had not had vaccine had zero resistance to the vaccine. But mm. their figures themselves are worked on a forty-five percent efficacy of the vaccine plus fifty percent of your own immune system. And if our immune systems are not being allowed to develop, then we don't have a chance of developing that immunity naturally, that herd immunity. And so, Johnny, tell me again, is it successive proclamation or what is it? Successive approximation. Successive approximation. I still think mine's better, but that's what it's been. It's been before one set of rules have elapsed and we've got back to normal, another set overarching and in increasing on them has been given to us. And I personally think, and it's only my opinion, that this new strain idea uh, was just to ramp the fear up because everyone took a sigh of relief when Pfizer said, we've got our DNA changing vaccine. And uh, then we heard that is it Zeneca Oxford one. AstraZeneca, Oxford, and of course you got Pfizer, Moderna. They've all got variants. And now Moderna, yeah. So everyone started to breathe breathe a sigh of relief and was starting to relax a bit. And so, oh, no, there's a new strain. Get Mm. back inside your houses and put your muzzle back on. So Yeah, it's very convenient, isn't it? I mean, you know, the thing is, is that why do people get flu every year? Because it, it changes. It Variants of flu happen every year. That's why people get um, flu. A flu is a coronavirus, basically. <laughs> Going to have to stop you there. GP cleared this up for us. The the flu virus apparently isn't a coronavirus. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Although that was what we were being told at first, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's, that was, yeah, that's what I thought was true. Cold, yeah. cold viruses. Cold the viruses. Common virus, the common cold, but flu is a, a little bit different. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Okay, yeah. So, so just, just for accuracy's sake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, to, to correct you guys, to, to correct all of you, it's actually, I think it's Cove 2, MERS 2, 9.0, something like that. Yeah. Just so you get it all right. Yeah. yeah. You've got to call it by a train. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is today. But it, was, it was MERS. Oh, sorry. It was MERS, which is Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. I'd like yeah. to look at, you know, further into that. I mean, pneumonia in the desert. You know, Middle Eastern respiratory. I mean, common sense would be like, uh, hey, yeah, yeah it looks a little different. Okay, we'll, we'll give it a name. Sure. Now it's SARS-CoV-2, don't whatever. Go, don't go dissing my Middle Eastern brothers. Um, <laughs> they've even got their own type of diabetes in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Seriously. I it. Yeah, it's, I believe it. It's, I think it's a, almost at a genetic level that they are more prone to this particular type of diabetes because mm. the practice of fasting during Ramadan actually makes 
a lot of the cells in your body renew themselves. However, uh, you know, there's loads of, uh, of really good health things about fasting. The trouble is when they fast from sunup till sundown, they are then supposed to have a normal size meal. But what they have been doing, because they can afford it now and they have plentiful supply of food, is pigging out like there's no tomorrow. And so it's caused these these different forms of diabetes to, to arise. And yes, you can still get pneumonia through upper respiratory infections, uh, particularly when you've got fine sand blowing into your trachea and getting into, into your lungs and causing problems. Sorry, I digress. I'm waffling. But where you said, Mike, that it was MERS to SARS three COVID-19, whatever. whatever that was, whatever the name was, that was the label that the scientist in the Wuhan lab put on the Petri dish uh, when he created it. Uh, and I will take it from no one that this virus wasn't designed in a lab because it's virtually harmless unless you're immunocompromised. And it's spreading so well because it's got this protein spike which is the targeting well, no. device of well, that, hiv that but it's they gave it this great gain of function i mean it's got the the most sophisticated state of gain of function that i've ever seen when it comes to a virus that spreads and that's that's what they did that's what this whole thing is about fauci and gates funded this garbage at that lab in wuhan i mean we, we looked at uh we looked at the research papers and we looked at the uh the uh, the articles that came out of the the uh, what was it um Scientific Atlantic or something like that, wasn't that, Bruce? Uh, back in 2015 or whatever it was. Yeah. And and they're like, well, wait a minute, you guys are you guys are giving this gain of function research to the Chinese. What are you guys doing? That's what all this is about. Is that's the crime? I think I said a few days ago that I think it was uh, probably a case at a UN conference, a secret UN conference, conference going along the lines of we need a virus that's going to make everyone scared but not kill everybody so that they all toe the line and and do what they're told and get used to yeah. kind of totalitarian that conference that conference yeah. was in Geneva December of 2018 it was oh, excuse me 2019 the beginning of December 2019 we looked at the video of it as a matter of fact we need to go back through that and they were talking there at the world uh, world health organization that at that summit about vaccines they were saying the doctors don't trust us anymore. The patients don't trust us anymore. We need to do something they because they don't they don't trust us with vaccines anymore. So something's something's got to be done. We have COVID. And so China said, well, I'll tell you what, um, we want to carry on persecuting the, the Ouija Muslims. We want to continue our program of selecting prisoners to act as organ donors for members of the government, and uh, we'd like to continue to pollute unabated as much as possible. So we'll create your virus, we'll give you your outbreak, you just leave us alone to get on with the rest of our business. And I think that's pretty much what happened. Oh, and by the yeah. way, we'll get rid of Donald Trump for you too. That was a lost leader. You know, that, that was a buy one, get one free, I think. The sheep believe it all too. The I was just reading in L.A. The governor has uh, recommended that if you are inside during this time with somebody that is compro uh, immunocompromised, that you should both be wearing a mask inside your house because you will not spread germs any other way <laughs> together in your house. All right. Oh, good job. The U.S. government has actually said now that it's uh, the virus looks like it probably was created in a lab. They said that a week ago. Didn't make any headlines or anything, but yeah, that's been. I think that was. It was that one of the declassified documents that they put out that the administration put out. No, this was this was actually something that they 
uh, admitted to before those declassifications. Oh, okay. It was my understanding there was some kind of a declassification that took place here within the last day or so uh, on that. But I haven't, like I said, there's so much stuff coming in right now. Um, do you do you want to talk about what's going on uh, in Italy? Marty, you, you want to get into that? What's happening with the Italian businesses down there? Oh, I'm happy to pass comment if I can think of anything amusing right. to say. Okay. Well, it's the Italians. Of course, you can think of something amusing. I'm sure you can. Uh, the Italians uh, yeah. are rebelling in mass. As a matter of fact, you were just down in Rome not long ago, weren't you? Before all this in nonsense August, got crazy. August last year, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Italians are rebelling in mass and refusing to let their businesses and livelihoods be lost because of COVID, uh, because of the COVID-19 crisis. And they say that they will be open this weekend. They put out a statement. They said, good evening, everyone. I and my wife are the owners of this restaurant here in Modena. Uh, Modena? Modena. Yeah. Moderna. No, not Moderna. Medina. M-O-D-E-N-A. Oh, Moderna's the vaccine, isn't it? Moderna's Sorry, the yeah. vaccine, yeah. Medina. <laughs> There's about 50,000 of us in this position. They've got 50,000 small businesses down there. And they say that we wanted to make everyone aware that from January 15th, we will be opening for both lunch and dinner. We look forward to seeing you. I think that's fantastic. That's exactly what they should do. And again, it doesn't have to be a binary choice. People who are immunocompromised don't go. Order takeout. Mm. And people who are healthy... And asymptomatic, or sorry, without symptoms, people who are healthy should go out and enjoy and support those businesses. I mean, the Italian people are hardworking people, and I enjoy going to Italy. And in fact, in the last two years, I've been four times. Sorry, in the last they can't. But to be fair, yeah, to be to be fair, my friend, they can't drive worth a damn. No, but then again, you've not driven in Saudi Abu Dhabi or Dubai either, have you? I have um, not. No. No, uh, that's an experience, believe you me. Um, I I nearly got run over by because everyone in Rome rides these big motor scooters, yeah. scooters, and there's this guy with his dry cleaning spread over the handlebars, beautiful Italian suit on, and there's black and white lines on the floor. Uh, so I go to cross because in the UK, black and white lines means if there's a pedestrian about to cross, you stop. Yep. Well, this guy didn't stop. He just ran straight towards me. And I noticed that he was about to hit me and I shouted very loudly and he fell off his bike. But oh, um, that's got absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with the small businesses <laughs> at all. It's just a story that really amused me. So, yeah, people in, in Italy, in Med- Med- Medina. Medina, oh, I, I think. is a funky cold before that because there's, there's a Medina in Saudi Arabia as well. That's Medina. Is this Modena or Medina? M-O-D-E-N-A, Modena. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah, please, play go. Go and enjoy yourselves. Support your local businesses. And let's start doing it here in the UK as well as soon as any of them open up again. That's the the city, yeah? It's south side of the Po Valley province, Medina. Uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, they're saying yeah. that um, they're 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 looking more at like the uh, the economical side of it as a country as a whole. Uh, but I mean, it's mm. it's going to have to start from the grassroots here. The businesses are going to have to open. The small businesses are going to have to do this. And this this is what I've been saying going back months now because of all this. I've said, look, if you want this to go away, just live your life. Ignore them. Mm. Ign- I'm, not, I'm not saying be be anarchists, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not mm. talking about go out there and burn stuff down like BLM and Antifa, right? Not those thugs. I'm talking about live your life. Mm. Go open your business. Go frequent that business. Demand that the restaurant's open. Well, if, if there's no one at the restaurant, well, then stand out there as a community and say, why isn't this place open? Open. We want to come in here. We want to patron your business. So part of the problem with that is uh, I think why people, why we're not seeing it more often, if you will, 
is if one business does it and it's only one business, well, they're going to get hammered, right? Mm-hmm. The the government will come down on them. Yeah, or, but depending they're on going the to get location. hammered anyway. They're, they're going to get hammered I, I anyway. Understand. I understand. But the solution to this, or, or at least something that will help, is you, the businesses need to get together with other businesses, you know, business owners, and be like, look, we're going to open up. You open up at the same time, and you all work together to open your businesses at the same time. So then – you're essentially you would overwhelm those that want to come in and shut down your business. And then yeah. you, know, you try to get your patrons back and whatnot. And that's the thing is many of us, at least those of us that know what's going on, will patron your businesses. In fact, I would love to patron businesses locally and, and, and patron the local businesses. The problem is, is they're shut down. So now I'm forced to get the stuff that I would get at those local businesses online. Mm-hmm. So it's just helping the pocketbook of Amazon. And, you know, I would love to be able to get, uh, you know, stop using Amazon as much as possible after the the nonsense they were doing with Parler. And it, we're, we're going to see more in the coming days, I'm sure. But I, I would love to get uh, back into doing business with the, the local <clears throat> local shops. You know, um, just to reemphasize uh, Bruce's point, and I know that Gav puts together quiz material. Does anyone know what the word murmuration means? Gazer, no, way above my pay grade on no. that. Yeah, okay. I, I don't even know that. To be honest, <laughs> have you well, ever I'm seen? Sure my- he just made it up as he went along. No, no, yeah, no, no, that no. must be it. <laughs> no, this is to reemphasize Bruce's point. Uh, a murmuration of starlings, for instance, is when you see a big flock of starlings moving across the sky and they, oh, and they the shape be one giant shape and that's exactly what the local businesses need to do mm. because if the hawks or one or two starlings he can pick out a target if he sees them all moving at once he thinks it's one big thing and goes now not interested yeah. And it's the same with the police that would come down to crack down on these businesses. If they're all open, they haven't got enough cells to put you all in. So why bother to put anyone in? Because you single someone out, that gives you an even stronger case when it all comes to court. So, um, yeah, it has to be en masse. It has to be organized. But, of course, they've shut down our methods of organization, or at least trying to, by canceling everyone's accounts and, and so on. Telegram is next in the crosshairs, by the way, gentlemen. So if you don't have it, I would highly recommend you get it within Mm. the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, Go ahead, Bruce. According to the parlor's executives, uh, they're saying they'll be up within the next three days to a week. Uh, They're intending to have things back up and running soon. You know, they got new servers uh, to, to host them, so... Is that the one we were talking about the other day, Epic? Possibly. I'm not. I'm not sure which ones they went with. Uh, I haven't heard that news, but yeah. The, actually, no. That's a that's a good point. They're probably not mentioning who they are that way because I mean that company would probably be targeted at that point because that's what they seem to be doing. Uh, Marty, I was saving this one just for you uh, because I, I know how much you uh, you, you adore uh, this type of uh, behavior from a company. HSBC says that their customers who refuse to wear a face mask will have their accounts withdrawn. <laughs> yeah right of course they will i'm, I'm serious this is not a joke headline yeah, uh, H- yeah, yeah, yeah. hsbc has issued a warning to customers as retailers step up covid measures uh, amid the, uh, the the deadly day of 1243 deaths they said that now they said those who refuse to comply will be refused service and could have their bank accounts withdrawn the head of the branch network of HSBC UK said, our branch colleagues are key workers 
continuing to go to work in our branches every day so that customers who need them can access essential financial services. Well, here's what I recommend people do. Run up an enormous overdraft, take out a personal loan, and then go into HSBC branches without a mask and wait for them to cancel your account because they'll have real fun trying to get that money back, won't they? That's just it is, uh, you know, people are all worried about like, oh, I'm going to get fined. Tear the fine up and throw it at their feet. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. It's about them handpecking and getting people to submit and and to go away. Didn't they in the UK just let people not pay a load of fines that were given out anyway? And people were just like, we're not paying them. And in the end, they gave up and people never paid their fines from the first or second lockdown. I'm sure that's what happened. But you're well, right. I think I think you just tear them up and say, "No, I'm not. I'm not paying this." The okay. point yeah. is that if you refuse to pay the fine, then the next step is to be taken to court because they're yeah. on the spot fines, and you're supposed to pay them, you know, direct to a, a bank account that you are told or it's on the the form that you're issued with when you are given the fine. Any court cases that are you know non-essential are to be over. Skype or some or some internet medium. Mm. So all you have to say is, I don't have a computer. No, I'm terribly sorry. I haven't got that app. And you can't even go to court. So, you know, this, this these fine issuing and the threat of court is a, is a paper tiger at the moment. So it doesn't surprise me if they've just cancelled them uh, and rescinded the fines. Yeah. So what you're saying is really is that they probably did because they could be bothered with the hassle of it then. They probably just said no. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's just one more example of how fake and false this whole situation is. Mm. You know, you've got the hypocrisy of government leaders like Boris cycling seven miles away from his house. It wasn't a seven-mile cycle ride, by the way. He drove seven miles away from his, his house round a park. And I, all the people actually, he could have killed. Well... <laughs> I feel stupid just bringing that up as an example, yeah. but it's a basic hypocrisy. Yeah. Then you've got uh, Ferguson going to visit his lover under lockdown. You've got Dominic Cummings driving all the way up north to test his new glasses or something, whatever the excuse was. They have shown that this whole situation is is fraudulent and false uh, and unnecessary through their hypocrisy. Now, before we get any complaints, and I'd love a complaint because that would mean someone's listening, um, I'm not denying that COVID is a real disease. It is. But for the damage it's doing, it doesn't warrant this level of hysteria, government spending, and economies to be broken, which is why it was brought into being in the first place, in my humble opinion. Seth, there's nothing humble about my opinion, as you know. Is it? Okay. Okay. If this virus was real, okay, uh, and I'm not saying it's not real. What I'm saying, if it was a real threat, if it was really as bad as they're saying, would these politicians be out here breaking the lockdown? They would be terrified themselves of the virus, and they're mm. not. They're out there breaking the, the, the lockdowns. So, no. These people in, in high levels of government within these advisory bodies should be privy to the fully detailed information. And if it really was as scary as they're telling us it is, would they do these hypocritical acts that are against their own restrictions? And I think the answer is no. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I think it, but it's always been one rule for them and one rule for us since time immemorial, hasn't it? And it, it's really, I was, all I was going to say is 
the whole situation really is a it's a metaphorical equivalent of a fly flying into your home and you panicking and smashing everything in your house that's basically you know what it is it's something that is not not insignificant but it's something that doesn't pose a massive threat yet you throw everything out of the window basically and I, and I think the behavior of our politicians recently and the disdain that they've shown for the rules that they've put in place clearly shows that you know that they are rules that they do not want to go by but they are expecting us to do it and when these things are are exposed these these um, breakings of the rules by them is exposed all they do is is put up the most ridiculous and outlandish excuses for them. The same similarly with this business we're having in the UK where families are being given food parcels who are who are in desperate need of, of food and are, are actually on the brink of poverty. And they're giving these food given these food parcels which are meant to be worth 30 pounds. When actually if you look at them and calculate how much they would cost you in a the supermarket, they're worth about five pounds. And these um, food parcels are part of a contract which has been set up by uh, some friends of the government who are basically pocketing the 25 pounds for themselves, you know, the profit on these food parcels for themselves. And Matt Hancock was being questioned about it by Piers Morgan, and he just wouldn't answer any of the questions. And they were saying to Matt Hancock, so how do you feel about these food parcels? Oh, well, I'm very pleased that we're giving them out. Oh, are you? But didn't you vote against these recently? You didn't want these food parcels to be given out to, to families. And he had no answer. He couldn't answer it because he knew that he was banged to rights. And, and this is the thing. It's either no answer to a direct question, just repeating the same thing over and over again, or it's the most pathetic excuses over and over again on my bucket list is i want to creep up on matt hancock and shout boo and see how high the weedy little squirt jumps <laughs> and i'm sure he'd fill his nappy at the same well, time well that's just that's just it right there it is it's exactly your point both of you you're both ringing true here when it when it comes to this these people that were being so-called led around by these are not leaders these are followers they're not someone that knows how to lead. They're up there talking in circles because they don't have an answer because they don't have a teleprompter or a note card that's been passed to them to say what they need to say. So they don't know how to answer anything. They're just told what to say by whatever their handlers are or whoever their handlers are or whatever the talking point is for the day. They meet in the morning, they get their talking points for the day, and then they're not to stray from that. And anybody that tries to uh, to kind of get them away from that, they don't know what to say and they start stumbling. This is why they have to have control of the media too, because the media have also been given briefings in the mainstream media, and they're given the same talking points so they know what questions to ask the people to get the canned responses back out of them and then dish it out to uh, to we, the uh, the lowly peasants in the public. I had something really funny to say and I've forgotten it now. I'm sorry. Oh. It's always my fault. It's always my fault. I, I did this to you the other day too. But dealing with the press, dealing with the media, I used to work in a TV studio that was owned by the Navy and it was there for the sole purpose of teaching officers who may be anywhere in the world who have to deal with local press and local TV stations and how to conduct an interview to make sure that they didn't misspeak. And it does make me wonder whether politicians should go through the same process. In fact, I'd rather they didn't because I'd rather they told the truth and were completely candid on camera. Let's see what I did there, candid camera. But um, I'm going to watch that interview because it, it was one of the things that queued up as, as I was looking through Facebook. And I want to see that interview with Matt Hancock, with Pier, mm. Piers Morgan. 
Morgan. It's just a rabbit in the headlights, isn't it? He's just a frightened. Yeah, you can see. The, I just you can see the little worm squirming. You know, he's he's really and his horrible little face. Do you know what I mean? He's like my top ten people that I hate the most. You know, uh, yeah, which is I, I just, an awful human I, being. I, I just can't look at Pierce Morgan. I mean, Hancock's bad enough, but I, I just can't look at Pierce Morgan. Oh, I mean, he was I'll bad enough in the U.S. He was I'll bad enough in the U.S. So he is. I you can, can have, have a pint with Piers. Yes, I could have a pint with Boris, to tell you the truth. Um, but I could not stomach any kind of consumption anywhere near Matt Hancock. Mm. He would be throat punched and immediately ejected from the hostelry before I supped my beer. <laughs> The, the problem with, as you say, with Piers Morgan is he, he's um, a, a British idiot who was who migrated to the United States purely for the the purpose of undermining people. Really, I mean that's all I I can think of. Uh, unfortunately, recently he's been standing up for us a bit, and he's been you know he's been saying a few things that ring true. But in the main, he is. You know, as I've previously described, <laughs> he's very much like Clarkson. He's just a, a slightly better educated version of Clarkson, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but he <laughs> he has made his mistakes in in things that he stood for that maybe he shouldn't have stood for, and things that he stood against that he should not have stood against. Do you have the same phrase in in the states? He's a bit of a Marmite character <laughs> because people either love or no. hate Marmite. And, uh, we, um, we just say it's an acquired taste. Something yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah perhaps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back to that point you were saying about him being called up by Piers Morgan saying, oh, but didn't you vote against, you know, mm. free school meals for all primary school children or children up to the age of 12, I think. There used to be a series of posts on the Book of Faces before it became this evil thing that it now is, showing politicians and saying what they had voted against. You know, this politician has taken this pay rise and claimed this much in expenses, but voted to reduce the amount of money paid to disabled people, for instance. Mm. And um, I think that's really useful to see what your politicians are voting for and voting against. And I think all the information is available, but you've got to dig deep to find it. Whereas I think it should be a daily thing on the news. Every time yeah. there's a vote in the House of Commons, what MP voted for what? It should be there. And, yeah. and that way you, you'd know what was happening without having to dig for it. And constituents uh, could decide whether or not their MP was mirroring their will. And a more regular round of elections, shall we say, so that every time that they're not, echoing your will and doing what you want them to do within parliament, you can get rid of them. Uh, question. Do you guys, this is a legit question. I don't know this. Do you guys have term limits in the UK? Uh, no. Oh, for heads of state and stuff. Well, yeah, for heads of state you do, but for politicians mm. like like MPs, do you have term limits? No, they can keep being elected and elected and elected. Wow. And yeah, quite okay. often they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and this is, the, this is the failing of party politics because you put a a prime candidate that the party thinks is going to do well into a Labour or Conservative or Liberal stronghold, and they will continue to be voted in, even if they are an utter arsehat. 
Yeah. All right. Let's uh, speaking of utter asshats, let's talk about the European Union uh, because I oh, think that's a spit on my floor again. It's it's deserving <laughs> of that title you just gave it. So uh, the EU has officially approved the sale of this is the start of uh, the Great Reset with uh, Schwab and company. The, the sale, sale of, of flick knives and machine guns. Unfortunately, no. not because that would oh. render them irrelevant. Fireworks, really loud ones. Those get good those. ones you can get from China. China, what, yeah. What, yeah get, go on, yeah. Johnny. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. What have they released? For sale. The sale of worms as food can now be consumed by humans. Uh, the announcement was made Wednesday by the EU's Food Safety Agency, specifically states that dried mealworms, the larvae of beetles, are safe for humans to eat, despite the fact that the report also noted that allergic reactions are likely to occur. Uh, they also stated that as long as mealworms have not been able to eat anything for 24 hours before being killed, they should be safe for people to eat. They add that the bugs need to be boiled to eliminate potential pathogens or reduce or kill bacteria. Uh, the ruling will mean that worms can be grouped up and used in foods such as pasta, biscuits, sources of protein, and other sources of protein, as long as the national member countries go along with the authorization. Thank goodness we've left. Is, is Bear Grylls now uh, an MEP? He can't be because he'd have to be representing a, a British constituency. So, um, yeah. yeah. Have you heard of Bear Grylls? Uh, of course, yeah. He's my oh, yeah. favorite survival oh, expert. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Ray Mears is my favorite survival Mears, expert. I have to take a look at him. Yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray months, Mears, he's chubby. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to finish this bit. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. If you're going to have a survival expert, you want a chubby one. Because obviously, whatever he's eating in the wild <laughs> is really highly nutritious. You don't want a skinny one like Bear. Anyway, that's carry true. on. Sorry, Johnny. No. Is that where they the, say uh, never trust the skinny chef? Same thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, your, your skinny chef is <laughs> going to be right. replaced by a robotic one. Yeah, yeah. Your, your skinny <laughs> chef's going to be replaced by. As a matter of fact, Marty sent me something the other day on uh, Google Pizza, and that's uh, that's interesting. They're they're going to know. Uh, they're going to know a lot a lot more than just your pizza. In the coming months, the agency hopes to approve all kinds of other bugs to be sold as meals, including the lesser mealworm, house cricket, banded cricket, black soldier fly, which is what we talked about with the uh, insect butter, honeybee drone, and a type of locust. I just uh, the, isn't this isn't this great reset with Schwab and company? It, isn't this uh, everybody down at the Davos group? Isn't this just great? I have a question in all this, right? So supposedly, this is what the media is saying: the Wuhan virus came from a bat or a pangolin stew, right? It was improperly Supposedly. cooked. No, no, Supposedly. no, I'm sorry. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was the bat soup, but according to Marty, it was the pangolin sandwich. Right, okay. So either way, it was improperly prepared. Now, you just listed off some of the preparation requirements for uh, these insects before we can consume them. What happens if, you know, these insects eat within the 24-hour period that they're saying and you have mass allergic reactions or something? Or... I mean, what happens if uh, the bacteria or something triggers a new strand of uh, virus or a new, well, it wouldn't be a virus, obviously, but some strand of disease or something from that? You know, it, it's just, it, it's totally absurd. I think, to be fair, uh, and not as flippant as I am prone to be, the bugs themselves, out in the, the Far East, crickets and grasshopper, well, grasshoppers and, and locusts are deep fried and covered in peanut butter mm. and eaten that way but these mealworms and the the black fly larvae that they're going to turn into butter or a butter substitute they're actually only going to extract the proteins and fats from those bugs survivalists eat them as they come it's something i don't want to happen but i'm afraid it's inevitable that somebody will pick this up and run with it and turn it into a business and those products will hit the shelves it's as simple as that 
I, ch- I will choose not to eat them. And I think most people will choose not to eat them. But as for the bugs eating something 24 hours before they get, whoever does pick it up and runs with it, breaks those regulations, the EU will crucify them because that's the business they're in. They're in the business of creating regulations well, it's, it's, and nailing people to the floor with it. It's not going to be the EU. It's going to be whatever government is there. It's. It, I think the EU is, is irrelevant at this point. As a matter of fact, I mean, these people are grasping at straws over here. That, that's all they're doing at this point. I mean, they're, they're begging for deals with the U.S. The German foreign minister was begging for a deal with the U.S. the other day for democracy. Well, if you're winning, if you've got such a great idea and such a vision for the future, if you've barricaded yourself in your parliament, well, then why are you asking for a deal to the U.S.? I suppose they've just started the conversation ahead of the new administration coming in so they can continue. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, right. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter because as we were reading with the World Economic Forum, with the Great Reset, when we did the podcast on it, we looked down through their document and they say specifically that governments will be tasked with carrying out these agendas. So it, it doesn't matter whether it's the UK government or the EU as a whole or individual member member states. It doesn't matter. But in order for all of this to happen, you, you have to understand something. You have to get rid of not Donald Trump. You have to get rid of populism. If you don't squash populism, then none of this is going to work. So this is why they're shutting down Parler. This is why they're taking people down on Twitter. And this is why the politicians are out of control, because they've lost control. And on top of that, they've lost all credibility. So none of that's going to work. But London now has an insect farm. And again, I say this is, I mean, you say, thank God we've left the EU. Well, you're out of the frying pan into the fire, my friend. London's first insect farm wants people to eat insects. They're saying that, um, why waste a perfectly good insect? And as a matter of fact, what about a uh, a salad made out of weeds? Wouldn't that be great? You know, just not not weed, not marijuana, but just you know, random stuff you just pick up <laughs> off the off the ground. No, there. And then why not wash all that down? Yeah, yeah. Why, why not wash all that down with a refreshing glass of uh, of, of sewage? Because that's what the World Economic Forum says that uh, we should be drinking. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I uh, I have a question. Why? What are, What are they replacing? That's I guess is my question. Why are they uh, starting to advertise or try to sell that we can start eating bugs. I think my concern is what are they trying to sell? I mean, what are they trying to get rid of to supplement these, this new lifestyle of eating? Yeah. Meat is what it comes down to. They're they're saying that uh, they're tying all this in with the UN guidelines that promote insects as a sustainable food source to sell us on the idea that meat is bad and you'll eat a whole lot less meat uh, in all of this. And they're saying that because of things like the Green New Deal that have been put forth in the US and in the UK simultaneously, that these things will provide more sustainable and it will be kinder, more sustainable food sources and it'll be kinder to the environment. Uh, And we can cut our CO2 emissions. And what it is, it's about getting rid of the essential proteins and uh, minerals that you get from actually eating meat. We can get certain proteins and certain minerals from animal proteins. We can't get anywhere else. You can't supplement that. And this is why they've, over the years, they've been promoting the uh, the vegan stuff, the gluten-free stuff and, and all of that. It's to alter your diet. They've turned it into a trend rather than someone that's got an actual medical problem. So they're trying to get everybody on board with it. And then they shame everyone that doesn't go with it. It also ties into everything here with the, uh, the COVID stuff. They say, oh, well, um, we have to do this now because, uh, well, the farming, uh, the farming business has been hit, you know, agriculture has been hit so hard because of all the lockdowns through no fault of our own. It's because of the pandemic. Because of that, we're not able to have uh, meat anymore. So this is the alternative now. See, see, they put us in this, this 
uh, predicament. So it's the old agenda of problem, reaction, solution. So they create the problem, we react to it, and then these same people that created the problem are the ones that claim to now have the solution. So that that's what they're doing with this. Same thing. But also, like we were talking about yesterday, it's a lot easier to manage a few thousand Tupperware tubs full of uh, mealworms using AI and robotics than it is to manage a beef herd, for instance. So after they've depopulated the planet by 80% and you've got these uh, cities of 20,000 or so where you get your food delivered by um, autonomous vehicle, it'll be those bugs. It'll be a bug burger because they can grow them inside factories and uh, eliminate the requirement for human interaction because it'll all be monitored by AI. It will be moved around, packaged and, and processed by robotics. And it will just be a much easier way to keep the 20% that they let live alive. That was a bit morbid, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the, they've been doing this for a while. I mean, the seeds that you purchase at your local like Home Depot or anywhere, um, I know that the seeds in a tomato plant, you can't take those and regrow them the next year. They've been stopping that. So each year you have to buy new seeds unless you can, unless you have a source of organic seed. And they're out there. But I know your standard, the standard stuff that everybody buys will not regrow. And I remember my grandfather, God rest him, doing exactly that. He would take the seeds from the tomatoes that he'd grown in his garden and replant. You know, you get enough to to, to plant a whole crop for one or two tomatoes. But of course, they have genetically modified the tomatoes now so that you can't grow from the seeds and it's just a way of monopolizing uh just a way of grabbing your bigger part of the market share and making sure that you keep hold of that it's immoral it's wrong nobody needs genetically modified tomatoes if they were really doing with genetic modifications what they should have been doing with it there would be uh, or there wouldn't be this food problem in africa at the moment well the bulk of the food problem is, of course, that the white farmers that were growing all their food have been dispossessed or murdered uh, and moved on in Zimbabwe, in parts of South Africa. But they would have these genetically modified crops that grow well in that environment, but they're not there. So Africa's hungry. So they'll blame it on climate change. So they'll excuse the flood across the Mediterranean into southern Europe of these migrants, and then they'll excuse the fact that around about 100 per day are crossing the channel in small inflatable boats. I'm rambling. I'm making several points that have been bugging me for ages all at once. So I shall stop now and let you guys talk. No, no, you're, you're talking about the small inflatable boats there. But Nigel Farage, he did a, uh, a thing where he and someone else went out onto a boat, and they actually saw a couple of them out there in the middle of the channel in a sinking inflatable boat. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they were the ones that pulled him up onto that ship. Now, question, I, and I'm, I'm just asking, do you think that was legit or do you think that it was a staged thing that they put together? No, I think it was legitimate. Gav might think differently, I don't know. But Farage, as you know, I, I have got very little respect for for a number of reasons, but he has been out there in the channel. He's a keen fisherman. And I think that actually happened because there are that many small boats making that journey every day. And the traffickers are charging individuals around £7,000 to make the crossing per person. 
So if you've got a family of four that you're trying to get across, that's £28,000. And this is one of the points that I've been trying to make for a long time about these war-torn countries that are, are being forced into civil war by various ideologies as well as, and I'm sorry, guys, American foreign policy in the Middle East has caused these wars. The first people that leave are the very people who need to stay. They're the professionals. They're the doctors, the scientists, the architects, the engineers. And the reason they're the first to leave is because they can afford to do so because it's very expensive to flee your country. And it's happening every day in the channel, 10, 15 boats, each one carrying 13, 20 people. And I believe that that one incident with Farage where they rescued a boatload was genuine. What I did want to get into was um, I just wanted to ask in general everybody who is basically, um, you know, the, the, the person or the entity ultimately responsible for, for moving the puppets, Johnson, Hancock, you know, in the UK and so on and so forth. And I just wanted to ask, really, if if that's the sort of the general consensus of the group, if if we all sort of believe in this whole puppetry of of politicians and all that kind of stuff, really. I just wanted to get your input on that. That's all. We did two podcasts uh, way back, uh, probably seven months ago now. It was June, I think. Uh, was it June? It's, yeah, I, I re-aired them yeah. not long ago. Uh, you're talking um, about the New World Order podcast. Yeah, yeah the New I, World I Order one. Oh, uh, yeah. I was tired of people saying, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Well, who the f*** is they? Yeah. And we went through and tried to break it down. Yes, we mainly talked about organizations, but there are individuals within those organizations that are very influential. And we are talking about people like George Soros. We're talking about Klaus Schwab. We're talking about Bill Gates. We're talking about the Rothschilds, who are the um, owners of the World Bank. It's not, you know, most people when they hear World Bank, oh, it must be a global organization. It's not. It's in private ownership. Mm. And the, the Rothschilds have funded both sides of most major wars in Europe in the last 100 years, or maybe even longer, 150 years. Longer. So, yeah. So, yeah, we are of the same mind that there are people pulling the strings. And again, when you use the word cabal, you immediately sound like a tinfoil hat wearing lunatic. But that's exactly what they are. And the way in which they hide in plain sight is through organizations like the World Economic Forum, because they get to hide in plain sight, say what they have to say, tell world leaders what the World Economic Forum expects from them. And those world leaders will follow because the World Bank holds their purse strings. But that bank, we believe, is empty. The successive crashes have caused them to have a real cash flow problem and pension funds are empty and governments are printing money hand over fist. And this has precipitated everything we're seeing at the moment because this was a long-term plan and it's been brought forward because... They're in deep. Mm. They're in deep. I mean, deep. This is bad. I mean, they're they're gobbling up uh, people's pensions. They don't care anymore. Um, mm. This is why they're promoting this uh, this utopian great reset. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it kind of garbage because they've stolen everything. They, they've stolen everything. Now they need to come for all the assets and they need to vertically integrate everything because they've got nothing else left. There's really nothing else. They can't go any further with this um, this uh, this money printing and this uh, Ponzi scheme. Really, is what they've got. 
Uh, they can't go any further with it. This is as far as they can go with it. This should have gone away in 2008. 2008, I, I mentioned this yesterday, 2008, everything should have gone bust, but they would have gone down with it and we wouldn't be here now. If mm. they would have gone bust, everything would have collapsed. The euro would have collapsed. The dollar would have collapsed. You probably could have salvaged a lot of it and we would be in a better position now than what we are. Now we're dealing with bigger problems because we didn't take care of the problem back then. People's pensions would have gone away back then. So everybody would have lost everything. I mean, we're talking maybe 30 million, 40 million people in the US might have lost their homes overnight, but it was too big to fail, right? So we had to save it. And now look where we are. Now look where we are. Now everybody's going to lose their homes. Everybody's going to lose their pensions. Everybody's going to eat bugs, right? <coughs> On that note, <laughs> Mike had to go. So are we wrapping it there? Mike, since you have to go, uh, do you have any uh, final points you'd like to make before uh, before you dip out? Thank you for letting me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. I, I like sitting down with like-minded men, just hashing this out because uh, I don't get to do this a lot. Even with the people that are here, even that the ones that don't believe uh, all the things that they see on the news still are, are anxious about everything and don't like to talk about what's going on and face the reality of, no, you're going to have to really look at this. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to sit down with you. We're happy to have you. You're right. It is nice to, to sit down and realize, even with a few people, that, hey, we're not crazy. Marty, you got any final points you want to make? No, I've talked um, at length again. And I apologize if I've, if I've monopolized it a bit. It was great to have... Mike on, as as you said, really good to have you on as well, Gav, for the first oh, time, uh, and I'm sure much. it won't be the last. We need to keep doing this. We need to keep talking. We need to keep on track. And Johnny and Bruce helps us with that because they're the ones who are gathering all the talking points on a daily basis. And I've got the easiest job of just sitting here and giving my rather inflated opinion. Well, all the way back to the uh, very first podcast we had you on, you're said to have a considered and informed opinion, and we are welcome to it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And sometimes those opinions don't happen until you mention whatever we're going to talk about. They're th like that. Click, mm. click, snap of the fingers, I've got an opinion. And I think people should have opinions, but opinions can change. It's only open and good conversation that will allow opinions to change. And that's where we are at the moment. We need to change an awful lot of opinions to stop this great reset from happening. That's, that's it. true. I'm done for the day. Yeah, and I, I think that tide is turning, my friend. I really do. And just, just I'm just looking at it on the surface. That's all. Uh, I'm just looking at it on the surface. And the things that are happening, this is going to get really interesting over the next few days. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. The thing that's uh, that is important to, is what you say. We need to continue to do this. And we've gotten some new followers on our Telegram channel. Thank you all very much. We're looking to get more uh, and more and more and more. So we are probably, uh, and I hope not, but we're probably going to get taken down slowly off of these platforms. Apple, Spotify, they're, they've already said that they're going to start pulling people off. They've been pulling people off. So it's only a matter of time before one of the woke people get a hold of us and say, oh yeah, that's uh, that's a crazy conspiracy theorist. By the way, I think the, uh, the US Democrats are in the process of declaring Every single person who is uh, in support of an alternative viewpoint is a domestic terrorist. So it's, and it's a domestic yeah. terrorist organization. I mean, that's that's what they're saying about everybody. Anybody that doesn't agree with them is now a domestic terrorist. Oh, mm. my, how the mighty have fallen. Right. The bunker mentality. That's where they are. Gavin, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on. Uh, any final thoughts you want to uh, you want to give out there to impart to everybody? I just want to say, don't give in to fear, because that at the moment is your worst enemy. It's not a virus with a survival rate of over 99%. It, it is fear. And that that is what will be our undoing. So don't please don't 
give into that. That's it. Very well said. And that's an open invitation. We would like to have you back uh, whenever you'd like to come oh, back on. L- so. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Marty. Oh, you noticed. I can't remember who said it. I can't remember who said it. Uh, it sounds a bit Oscar Wilde-ish, but there's an old saying, which is that rules are for the strict adherence of fools and for the guidance of wise men. So you've got to decide what you are, whether you're a wise man or a fool. And if you're a fool, stick to the rules. If you're a wise man, pick and choose the ones that you're going to stick to. I just want to reiterate a point I said earlier with the uh, opening up and everything. Get together with the you know local businesses. Even if you're someone that isn't a local business, like you're you're some a patron of the business or you know what have you, get a bunch of you guys together that are willing to stand up and you know frequent these local businesses, and then try to talk to the local businesses and try to create that group, if you will. And you, you know, use platforms like Telegram, uh, for example, for communications and get out there and open up. You as a, a listener, you know, if you're not an owner of a business, patron those places, go to them, uh, you know, bring your business there. And we, we have to stand up to these edicts and let them know that, no, we're, we're not going to we're not going to capitulate to this new world order that you're trying to the new normal that you're trying to shove down our throats and just stand up and if you have to go out there and uh, protest as well uh, because of your governor and the, the, the nonsense your governors are doing, go protest. No, you know, no violence, no, none of that. That's, it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to bring anything. It's, it's only going to be damaging because we're right, far right, whatever they call us now, conspiracy theorists, all that kind of stuff, Nazis, whatever they're saying we are now. They won't give you the same luxuries that we've seen throughout the entire summer of last year with BLM and Antifa. Um, that was made clear with the the Capitol. What few people were out there rioting, it completely branded the entire thing a riot and has now branded all the right as a crazy Nazi conspiracy type. So, you know, get out there and Get the businesses open again, you know, get life going again as normal. You know, you mentioned there about uh, about Telegram. Now is a key time to get into Telegram. If you're not in Telegram, Gavin, you on Telegram? I'm not actually, no. You better grab it before they delete it. We have a podcast channel set up over there as well. Uh, you can listen to us there, uh, which w- which is what I was going to impart to you, the listener. If you have not gotten Telegram on your phone yet, you better get it on there now because there is talk, as I, uh, as I heard uh, yesterday and today, that Telegram is in the crosshairs of being removed from uh, the App Store and the Google Play Store because it's a platform for right-wing extremists, apparently. All of a sudden, it's just developed into that. But that's where everybody seems to be running. They've had millions and millions, tens of millions of users, literally. I think they they released yesterday uh, the numbers, and it was 25 million new accounts within the last 72 hours. So that seems to be the place where everybody's flooding to. Uh, so get into Telegram. Look us up when you get over there. Search for Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up and subscribe to our channel. We will be mirroring our podcast from the normal platforms, which they'll still go out as long as they can, but we will be mirroring our podcast on Telegram, everything that we do. Plus, we're working on a Telegram exclusive. So if you subscribe to us on Telegram in that app itself, then you will get an exclusive podcast in there that no one else will get. Uh, and we can kind of get around those little terms of service problems that we kind of run into. And we can talk about other things. So if we can do that, I'll get to double my vocabulary again. Yes, you will. On top of that, when you do subscribe to us over there, you don't have to worry about downloading another app on top of that to listen to the podcast when we post it. Telegram has a built-in MP3 player, so you can just press on it and it'll play right in the app. So you don't have to worry about anything else. Also, it's a great way to get in touch with people on other channels. Uh, you can follow a lot of the uh, 
the big names over there. Uh, you can follow. I think uh, Trump's got a feed over there. Uh, Zero Hedge guys have a feed over there. Federalists have a feed over there. People that have been banned everywhere else. Yeah, get into Telegram if you're not into it already, because uh, time is running out. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience in these trying times, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We are available at the moment everywhere you get your podcast, with the exception of uh, SoundCloud. Uh, and also, we're available on Telegram. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you have a rating system on whatever respective platform you listen to us on, if you could drop into there and give us a rating, we would appreciate that. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. So, Gavin, thank you for being here tonight. Marty, thank you for being here tonight. Bruce, thank you for being here tonight, as always. And that'll do it for today. Possibly could be back tomorrow. Not sure. Usually that's our off day. But as crazy as things are, we might just pop up tomorrow. Not sure. But anyway, that's it for today. Thanks for being here, guys.